Hello everyone, I am Matt Williamson coming at you here to finish up the week, give my prediction, all that good stuff. We're going to focus on when the, when the Rams have the ball. And unlike yesterday's podcast when the Steelers had the ball, besides Aaron Donald, their defense is just not talented. It's well coached. They're just kind of hanging on, but their offense is legitimately good. Um, at this minute, October 20th, I think Matthew Stafford is the best quarterback in the NFC. McVay is a big-time, legit guy. Nakua, and especially Cup, are dangerous, and I expect them both to have – or that trio, the pass, passing game, to have big days. I also think their running back situation's a problem. Their low line's okay. But here's the problem with the running back situation for me is protection because, as you'll see here in a minute, this team lives in 11 personnel. And they also like to get Higby, the tight end, out in routes. So that only leaves a running back to help protect with Watt, Highsmith, et cetera. And if you're throwing a rookie out there that's only played six snaps or someone off the practice squad or someone off someone else's practice squad, I think that's going to present problems and that's all going to fall on Stafford's lap, which he can handle. But I do expect some big plays on defense. And as we always talk about, if this defense gets splashed, they're usually in the game or win it. So we'll see. But all right, let's buzz through this. Offense averages 5.6 yards per play. Only five or better. Pittsburgh's defense gives up 5.6 yards per play. So maybe every time they snap the ball, they'll get 5.6 yards in this game. As I mentioned, no offense in the league uses one specific personnel group more than the Rams use 11 personnel, one back, one tight end, 94% of their snaps. So therefore, they're the smallest percentage in the league with an extra tight end on the field. Maybe McVay does that. Maybe he brings an extra tight end just to block, but that's not what they do. Or he may ask Higby to block a lot, but that's not what he does. You know, So I, I find that part very interesting. Meanwhile, only one defense has played a higher percentage of their snaps, 40%, with four defensive backs on the field than Pittsburgh base. And the Steelers are 31st in their use of nickel with five defensive backs on the, on the field. Some of this is because they, well, a lot of this is because they've faced teams, Houston, San Francisco, et cetera, that play with a fullback. So the Steelers have been forced into their 3-4 more. They're going to be either five or six defensive backs almost exclusively in this game, which means Joey Porter Jr. should basically play 100% of the snaps. The Eagles and Cowboys are the only offenses that average more plays per drive than Los Angeles. If you remember, Steelers were horrible in this regard. Offense. The Broncos is the only defense that produces a three and out, a lower percentage than Pittsburgh. You wouldn't think that. I mean, the Steelers' defense does not produce three and outs. So that doesn't bode well. Los Angeles only ran 55 plays compared to 73 by the Cardinals last week, but they averaged 6.9 yards per play. As a team, Pittsburgh's defense is allowing a completion percentage of 54.5. Only four defenses are better, so people are not completing a high percentage of pass against, the passes against the Steelers. However, only the Bengals' defense is seeing a higher average depth of target. So teams throw deep against the Steelers. The average pass attempt against the Steelers is just under 10 yards downfield. 
Now, can they hold the ball and do that in this game and attack that way, or will this be more of a quick hitting situation? That's something to watch. 34% of Los Angeles passing plays have resulted in a first down or touchdown, sixth best rate in the league. And But their offense is 27th in completion percentage. So that's a trend. Steelers are not allowing a high completion percentage. The Rams are also not completing a high percentage of their passes. But of the quarterbacks with at least 50 passing attempts, only Tua and Cousins are passing for more yards per game than Stafford. Stafford's average depth of target is sixth highest. Only 39% of Stafford's yardage has come after the catch, the third lowest percentage in the league. But Stafford's 2.9 touchdown rate is the lowest of his career. Had a lot of touchdowns dropped, a lot of things that probably won't hold up. But they, again, like the Steelers' defense, he throws deep without a high completion percentage. It's exactly how teams are are attacking the Steelers. Only 38% of the Steelers' passing yards have come after the catch. The Lions are the only defense with a lower percentage, doing a very good job of tackling the catch. Against the Cardinals in his second game back from injury, Cooper Cup received 43% of Stafford's targets. In that game, he played 100% of the snaps compared to 96% for Puka Nakua. Based just off EPA, Cup was the NFL's third best pass catcher in week six. Cup has 18 games with 100 or more receiving yards since 2021 out of a possible 28. 18 of his last 28 games have been 100 yards or more, and he is back in a big way. And he might torture the Steelers, by the way. Uh, Nakua was targeted on 25% of Stafford's dropbacks last week. For the season, his team target share is still fourth highest in NFL among all receivers that have run at least 75 routes. Puka Nakua averages just a smidge under 100 receiving yards per game. That's sixth highest in the NFL. Only Tyreek Hill and Stephon Diggs have a higher targets per route run than Nakua. A lot of that's because early in the season, he was getting 20, 25 targets a game when Cup was out. But he's still really good and is going to cause problems for this bad secondary. Over the two games that Cup has been back from injury, him and Nakua have accounted for 72% of the Rams' targets. And over those two games, these two have accounted for 26 of Stafford's 36 total completions and 363 of Stafford's 448 passing yards. So, like, across the board, three-quarters of their passing game goes to two guys since they've been back. Now, this is scary, too. Only two defenses are allowing more receiving yards to the wide to, to the wide receiver position per game than Pittsburgh. As you might remember, Brandon Ayuk, Amari Cooper, Devontae Adams, Nico Collins, and Zay Flowers. Five guys in five games. They have caught a combined 40 passes for 632 yards against the Steelers this year. A wide receiver facing the Steelers has caught at least five passes for at least 73 yards in all th- all five games. And I expect it to happen again. As mentioned, Tyler Higbee has been on the field for 382 of a possible 411 snaps. Rarely comes off the field. Because the Rams utilize 11 personnel so frequently, there isn't another tight end on the roster with more than 47 snaps played. Over the past two games, though, with cutback, Higby's run a route on 87% of Stafford's dropbacks. Again, they do not want him pass protecting. 
but has only been targeted on 14% of these routes. He has just four catches over the past two games with Cup back in the lineup. Um, let's take a quick break here. We'll talk a little bit more about pass rush and run game. Steelers defense ranks in the top six in both sacks per game and takeaways per game. Pittsburgh's defense is pressuring opposing quarterbacks on 41% of their dropbacks. Only the Cowboys, Niners, and Jets are better. So when Stafford has been, quote, pressured, he's completed 39% of his, of his attempts. That's 30th among pressured quarterbacks for 6.1 yards per attempt. That's 16th with one touchdown pass. When Stafford's been clean, he's 18th in completion percentage and 10th in yards per attempt. Much bigger discrepancy with him than most quarterbacks of pressured versus not. Huge key to this game. Even though he didn't play last week, TJ Watt still leads the NFL in quarterback takedowns, sacks plus hits. He has 15 of them in five games. He's the only player in the league with five or more sacks and four or more pass defensed. Watt averages 1.2 sacks per game since 2021. Think about this. No other player in the NFL is averaging over a sack per game during that time. Since 2021, he's at 1.2 per game. No one else is even at one. And some of those games are when he came back from injury last year and wasn't himself. Watt and Highsmith are two of just four NFL players with eight or more forced fumbles since 2021. They're both great at it. In the three games L.A. has won this year, they ran the ball a total of 104 times, 34.7 times per game, okay? In their three losses, they have a total of 49 rushing attempts, just 16.3 times per game. The Steelers allow the fourth most rushing yards per game and the sixth highest yards per carry. Just three defenses have a higher percentage of their rushing yards allowed come after first contact than the Steelers. Some of this is McCaffrey and Ford getting free, obviously, on those two, but tons after contact in the running game, very little after the catch in the passing game. Kyron Williams, he's not going to play in this game, but he play, he's played 337 snaps this year. Ronnie Rivers, not going to play in this game. He's played 40. This, this week's projected starter, Zach Evans, has played six. That's frightening to me, if I were them. And Williams has 399 more rushing yards than any other Rams ball carrier. R Williams ran for 158 yards last week, despite L.A. only running the ball three times in the first half. But they did open the third quarter with eight straight called running plays. He was the best running back in the league last week per EPA, which he ain't going to be there. So, a lot of interesting stuff to this. I think the stats back that up. But here's what I wrote. You know, every week we do, everyone on staff does a prediction. And these are my words, basically, is I think the Steelers win a very close game. And I think they're about 40 points scored in this game. I actually haven't looked at the over-under. Maybe they're right on. Maybe I'm off. I don't know. But by that logic, I wanted to pick this game... 21-20 in the Steelers' favor. However, that would imply that they score three touchdowns. 
And I'm just not there yet with this offense. So let's go with 2018 Steelers, even though I expect Stafford to light the secondary up. I do think that the Steelers defense will have splash plays. And when they do, they're in it. And I think they'll add a, still have a lot of production to Nakua and certainly Cup. But I think this running back situation for the Rams is a problem. And maybe I'm nuts. I think the Steelers' offense could be respectable in this game. I mean, they should be balanced. Doesn't sound like Fryermoose is going to play. What's up with his durability, by the way? It's officially time to be worried. Um, big picture. But I do think the offense will move the ball, run and air, more like the second half of last year than we've seen to this point. Maybe I'm just being optimistic. I don't know. But that's my plan. Uh, everyone have a great weekend. I will be on the pre-pregame show at noon with Tim Benz. And then I'll rush home, watch 1 o'clock games, watch Steeler game, of course, and then give you a podcast probably directly after the game, you know, like a minute or two after the game. So that's that. And then we'll get back going, preparing for the Jags, I guess it is, on Monday. They look good. Uh, that game worries me. All right. Over and out. Take care. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.